0: This is the Contractors Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Contractors Corner. I'm Kelly Pickerel, the host of the show. And today we're joined by Kenny Haboul. He is CEO and president of Sun Energy One, a large scale solar developer based in Mooresville, North Carolina.
1: Thanks for your time.
0: No, thank you. I thought maybe you could start off with telling me a little bit about how Sun Energy One got started.
1: Uh, okay, so I was in the construction industry in Australia. Um, family company uh, was, was fairly large there, one of the largest, I think, in the country, over 2,000 employees. And um, I had a hard time, to be honest, getting along with my father, as a lot of people did, and just sort of decided to do my own thing with my two brothers. We left in uh, 96. And from 96 to 2006, we were, had our own company, did fairly well building luxury homes. And they were green homes in Australia, so the whole, uh, you know, green efficiency building movement was probably a little more advanced there than, than it was over here. Um, so I knew a little bit about, you know, solar and PV and solar thermal and high performance glass and, uh, really high efficiency insulation and, um, you know, efficient lighting techniques and all that stuff. So when I got here, I wanted to kind of do the same thing in 2007, but it was, I guess it was a really bad time for construction in general. And I decided to make the switch to solar in 2007. Uh, North Carolina at the time had some great incentives. I was lucky enough to be here. And they came out, North Carolina actually came out with a state tax credit and, um, some other things like property tax abatement. Uh, obviously there was the, um, federal, uh, 1603 grant program and, and the ITC and at that time there was 100% bonus depreciation. So all these things looked wonderful and, and, you know, made it appealing to me. Uh, I knew a little bit about PV just from the residential side of things. I built a three, Kilowatt system in uh, 97. So, um, knew a little bit about it, but I really wanted to do more utility scale. So I went to Germany in 2008 and, uh, I studied utility scale. I actually worked on a system in the north there in Germany in a place called Hanover that was 160 meg. And, um, that was a good experience for me. I just learned how they did things back then. That was a fixed tilt system that. It was really, uh, interesting and then I came back, uh, 2009, started Sun Energy One. And, uh, it's been, it's been a great success story. We started in rooftops like a lot of people do and most companies in North Carolina did. And in 2010 we built the largest rooftop in the US, uh, at that time, which is, uh, about five and a half meg and, and still probably in the top three or four. And then we slowly sort of moved out of rooftops into ground mount in, uh, 2011. And we met up with, uh, Duke Renewables in 2011, 12. We ended up building about 500 meg for those guys. And, uh, you know, it's been a really interesting story. We, um, moved away in 2013. We moved, um, more away from the five meg sort of standard North Carolina project, 5 to 20. We moved out of that into the uh, 80 meg, 100 meg and up with PJM transmission connections. So we built the the first transmission-connected solar project on the East Coast in 2015. Um, and then we, you know, as part of the whole PJM process and, and all of that, we ended up with um, improving our sort of land division and development side of the company and and ended up with what we think now is uh, what we know is the largest genuine pipeline in the us at uh over four gig uh and part of that whole PJM process was just that you can sell power to anybody and we're interested in that concept of third-party ppas and instead of you know just having to deal with the utility so uh, 2013, we won an RFP with George Washington and American universities to, to supply half of their load, uh, from solar power. So that was the largest non-utility PPA in the US at the time for solar. And, you know, from there it sort of got bigger and better and we won an RFP with Corning. We won another one with, uh, Lockheed Martin. And then, uh, and a few others and then recently last year we won the RFP with uh, MIT and Boston Medical Center and um, and built that project, it was 84 megawatts. So the whole strategy and the whole theory's been good and, and you know what, we're glad to be here.
0: <laughs> are you kind of focusing on on areas um, east of the Mississippi? Are you, are you getting into the west at all?
1: No, nothing in the west. Um, pretty much, there's about sh- close to four gig that's in the PJM queues. We were the first company that was um, actually the first solar company to be in the PJM transmission interconnection, um, and that was back in 2012. So, and then there's probably about another gig that we have that's outside of PJM, which is still East Coast, but Florida, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, some of those states that's out, outside of PGM
0: mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think your reputation is in the solar industry? Is that helping you secure some of these bigger projects?
1: You know, I don't know. That's an interesting question. We um, generally, I would say we've built this business under the radar. And um, obviously the, the big players know us and, We've sold a lot to Duke and we've sold a lot to Dominion. We have partnerships with First Solar and uh, AEP in Ohio. And we've you know sold some projects to other sort of, other you know, kind of main developers in solar or main solar companies. But generally, we've just been really busy um, doing what's in front of us. That we, we we don't often go to the shows, we don't, really advertise and, you know, we're probably not known as well as we could be given how much we have built and how much is in our pipeline, but we, we just actually this year we're starting to branch out more and and do some more advertising and do some more PR and just sort of get out there, but we've never really had to because we, we feel like we've always had enough work in front of us. In fact, we're always behind in our work, mm-hmm. um, trying to keep up.
0: Hmm. Since Sun energy one has a lot of experience working on utility scale projects what do you wish you could improve about the whole process or improve about the industry
1: you know I don't know what would, what would you like to change well look it depends how much time you got right <laughs> that's, that's an interesting question but generally we I mean everybody that's in this business like a company that is companies that are similar to ours we're used to the same thing so we fight utilities sometimes and then we build for utilities other times and that that's common with everybody so generally i mean it's it's well understood that in the early days utilities fought solar and um and up and then still today it, it can be difficult to get interconnection agreements and things can be slowed i mean the incentives here in north carolina are getting more and more sort of difficult and the 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 QF program for five megawatt projects has now gone away. Um, the PPA rate's gone down. The, the program has now gone from five meg to one meg. So there's always regulatory issues and hurdles and challenges. Um, in general, permitting and approvals become much more difficult. We used to go for public hearing rezonings and nobody would show up. You know now there can be hundreds of people. Let's say we don't want solar in our backyard. So that's a challenge everybody's facing, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. We, for many, many years, we never had a rezoning turned down until recently. Um, But you know, in general, what would everyone want? With just more stability, um, you know, federally, you know, there there was some talk of a federal RES at the time, they call it, Renewable Electricity Standard, which would have been helpful for everybody, but instead you've sort of got a lot of that at the state level. Mm Um, and it's, it's sometimes difficult to make sense of where the RPS is at. North Carolina has one that's not very powerful, and then there's plenty of states that don't even have one. You know, rec markets, um, are hard to understand, and generally, um, you know, obviously because of the compliance targets, they affect rec markets directly, and, and that value's gone away, so that makes it more difficult. But, you know, I think the same with everybody, we, we'd like to have some stability in panel pricing. This issue with Cineva has done nothing but cause drama for the industry, and you know you're talking about protecting 1,200 manufacturing jobs that are no longer exist because remember those two companies are out of business, and you risk you know 300,000 jobs in the industry, right. and and I know how hard it is to get projects financed and returns and look at these third party. Wholesale PPA rates are half today what they were three years, four years ago. So it's getting more and more difficult now. If you throw in a massive increase in panel pricing, you know that's just almost going to stop the industry for some time. And that's my concern. I don't know where this is going to go. But you know what? I'm, I'm still confident. I'm proud to be doing what we're doing here. I'm proud of the industry and I'm confident that somehow it always seems to find a way. Incentives come and go. Generally, incentives become less and less. And then, you know, the solar industry adapts and prices come down and we find ways to build faster. We find more efficiencies and, you know, panel power gets stronger and racking prices come down and inverters get bigger and different things like that. And, um, you know, somehow we find a way to continue to survive. So. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. I want to shift into talking a little bit about racing. I know that uh, Sun Energy One is very involved with auto racing, and, and you have sponsorships in NASCAR and a team in INSA, in which you're the driver. Um, mm-hmm. How did your individual passion for racing come about?
1: Uh, well, I started a long time ago when I was young, and, and you know, did did that many years and and did okay I I did it professionally I was a Ferrari factory driver for three years and um, had some good results and to be honest really sort of left that you know as I got a bit older and moved here and for whatever reason we ended up here in Race City USA which is really the capital of motor racing so being here it's hard not to want to do it again you know everywhere you turn there's racing and the building that we're actually in our, our headquarters is a former Red Bull NASCAR team facility. Hmm. So it's just everywhere here and um, I thought I wanted to do a little bit of course I'm a road course guy and there's not many road courses in the NASCAR calendar but I tried a few of those and had fun for a few years and was lucky enough to drive for Joe Gibbs Racing and Dale Earnhardt and um, you know decided that the IMSA sports car series probably suits me better and we um, we like having a presence now. And we our, our company is sort of widely recognised uh, even overseas more than more than it has been the last few years. So it's good for us. And we um, we we have a lot of employees and we have a lot of subcontractors sort of out in eastern North Carolina and we build in a lot of these tier one counties. And they they follow it. They they're fans. They like to come. In fact, a lot of people come to our races people we work with and even some people we deal with and that work for utilities they like to be involved so i think it's fun for everybody it's good for us and and you know i'm, I'm finding I'm, I'm still competitive so i enjoy it and this year's been good we've had two podiums for a, for a new team that's uh, good effort so yeah. it's fun there's, there's been a lot of attention you know we get a lot of attention being a solar company in racing and we um we found it's helped us. We've got some people that come here and want to learn more about solar. We have a lot of people at the tracks that ask about solar, and we have information things that we hand out, and we're probably going to do a little bit more PR at the tracks. Um, we're working on a little, um, a little panel set up with a battery just to do some displays in the pit area mm-hmm. and um, actually power some of our equipment. So that's fun. It's good for the industry too.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What do you think Sun Energy One is, is gaining from this national spotlight within racing?
1: Well, you know, just in, we, we, we're waving the flag for solar like, like everybody is and should be in the industry. And it's, um, it's been a long, hard battle to really get the general consensus, the general population to understand that coal is, is coming to an end um and you know what the whole natural gas revolution seems like it may get skipped in some way because now i think a lot of people agree a lot of important people that know agree that solar is the cheapest form of electricity and and certainly with recent price drops um you're seeing more and more articles from here in the u.s to australia that are saying you know it's it's looking like the cheapest form of generation so it's exciting for us it's good it's you know, getting, getting that message spread across the country, I think, is helping all of us. And a lot of people are intrigued, you know, and the industry is a lot bigger than it was, say, seven years ago. And even some people thought it was a gimmick and a lot of people didn't understand it. And now it's kind of more mainstream. A lot of people have it on their homes, their buildings. People see it driving down the highway. Um, so, you know, I just feel like we're doing our part to spread the word.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for other solar installers maybe wanting to get involved with sports sponsorships, even even local sports teams? Do you have any advice for them?
1: Yeah, my, my advice would, would be to, you know, not be afraid to, to put your name, you know, on, on a sports team or, you know, on the side of a car or on a charity event or, you know, whatever it may be. Don't be afraid because... The, the more we do, you know, the more that the general consensus swings our way. And I think if you look at federal policy, if you look at all the, the varying state policy across this country, you realise that it's still a fight for us. And, and there are regulatory hurdles and, and things aren't as easy as they should be. You know, utilities make the choice to build for themselves when it suits them and sometimes make it more difficult for others to build when it doesn't suit them. So it's you know as, as generalization, the more we spread the word, the better for the industry.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. So what's Sun Energy One's plan for the next few years? Do you want to expand into new areas of the country for solar? Do you want to do more with racing? What are you guys planning?
1: So like I said, we, we have this pipeline that is just um, really really uh, bigger than we thought it would ever be, and it's become, our whole operation's become sophisticated with development. You know, we've got over 75 people in development between land acquisition and permitting, environmental interconnection. We use our helicopters to find sites and to follow transmission lines and map transmission lines. So, you know, we've really become, in our opinion, the most sophisticated developers in the country. And now that we have this pipeline, you know, of course that's that's only part of the problem. Now we've got to build. Mm-hmm. And now we've got to convert. And and our strategy really is one of the C&I space and, and corporate and institutional PPAs. Um, and we, we prefer that more than, you know, going down the utility route. And we think that's growing, you know, if you look at the universities that we've done deals with and the corporates, there's a lot more of that coming. You know, everybody from Amazon and, you know, all the main manufacturing companies, tech companies, almost every university, uh, you know, on the East Coast is now considering an RSP. And some, like I said, some have already done that. So really that's our strategy and that's our future is just to continue to build out our pipeline uh, on the East Coast. And, you know, see more and more large scale solar built uh that's selling power to you know universities or corporates that's to us that's a win that's you know we're making a big difference we're not talking about megawatts we're talking about gigawatts of of companies buying renewable energy and you know we like i said we were the first non-utility the largest non-utility ppa in, in the country uh three or four years ago and We've continued getting bigger and bigger. Our average system size now is 120 megawatts AC. Um, So I'm proud of that. I think I think that was a strategy, that was a risk, and and it's difficult. You know, it's it's not as difficult to develop, but when you have to go out and get a PPA and get it financed and make it real, you know, that sorts out you know the men from the boys, and and it's. It's risky, and I think we've done a good job of that. And that's really our strategy to continue that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, no, I'll keep an eye on Sun Energy One, and and hopefully see a lot more uh, big things from you guys in the future. Thank you. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. solarpowerworldonline.com See you back here next month.